Greetings! Welcome aboard the Diecast Enterprise. This is Pags. I'm Foley. And today we're reviewing episode 18. Of season one. Coming of Age. Coming of Age. I let Foley say the That was weird. Because... Because you couldn't remember it. Again, I've... I've had fully repeat the title to me on no less than five occasions now. What's this episode called? Uh, That's right. Coming of age. <laughs> coming of age. Right, right, right. What happens in this episode? Wesley comes of age. He sure does. He becomes it, a man. This, this he meets an alien named Mordok. This episode is Wesley's bris. Ew. It might be. I, yeah. <laughs> That's the psych test. Oh, God. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. What a no. twist. What really happens is Wesley, at long last, goes for his examination to see if he can has what it takes to get into Starfleet Academy. Spoiler alert, he does not. That's right. <laughs> he is... Much to our great satisfaction. Yeah, Wesley fails somehow. Yeah, but we'll get there, you know. The, the B-plot of the episode <laughs> is that... An old friend, an old admiral friend of Picard's, mysteriously insists on beaming up to the ship. And when Picard asks what it's about, he says, I can't tell you. It's a secret. (laughs) I'll tell you in private, but not in front of that lame old first officer of yours. And boy, does Riker look hurt about that. Like, he is, like, practically on the verge of tears. He's so upset he might grow a beard. Yeah, of course, uh, Dr. Crusher, totally fine with it. She thinks this is great, like... Her face is all whimsy when this happens. Just like, <laughs> well, Starfleet stuff. We know she doesn't like Riker. I, th- I just think that uh, Gates just didn't know what was going on in the scene and didn't know what her reaction shot should be. She's super distracted. Like, her son's <laughs> about to go in for a Starfleet Academy testing. Yeah, yeah. That, that could be it. Maybe, maybe it's leftover pride. <laughs> she's, she's been planning his bris all week. <laughs> Hooray. Oh, man. Um, this episode... Like so many other episodes of season one, it's season one is pretty bad. Like, you know, I I think we were talking about this before we before it started. I actually I hadn't seen this one in a long time, and I kind of remembered it as being okay. But true to fool. season one form, I was immediately disappointed. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the uh, the main conceit of this episode in terms of its a plot, which is the. Uh, the whole cadet thing sure. and how the way it's working is Wesley's gone down to this planet where there are like four other candidates and they're all vying for a position it, at Starfleet <laughs> Academy. It, it really has the feel of um, con- hopefuls, cont- contestant hopefuls for like Jeopardy or something. Yeah, where yeah. they go in for like one final thing before they actually get a chance to be on the show. And, and like yeah, apparently they're only taking one candidate. Yeah. How does Starfleet Academy work? Because they, they must have like they must have geographic requ- restrictions or requ- requirements. The weird part is they said, "Oh, we're only taking one candidate from, from this me. testing center." It's like, but these are all space-faring people. Couldn't they just go to another? Yeah, yeah. Center. You know, because it says you should all try again next year. Next year? It, Why no. like next week? Just fly yeah. over to the next testing center. We're, we're given the impression that these are like four of the most precocious of applicants too, like you know, yeah, like, far oh. above average. They even say as much, you know. Normally, we would we we'll take any one of you, but you not today. Prove, not today. No, fuck three of you. <laughs> there, yeah. So it's just like I said. I guess it's just their only choice is to just join a terror cell. Like one of them's getting into the academy, and the rest and of them are screwed. The rest are in the maquis. Yep, that's it. No choice. So um, it's a. Uh, it's funny because like this is the only time at which uh, in the series where Starfleet Academy's entrance, uh, it, like getting into the academy, is depicted in this manner. 
That's true. Because in season two, uh, it will all switch around, and it will be much more like getting into fucking college. Yeah, I mean, let's 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 be real here. Like, we've met a lot of the people that have not only been admitted to the academy but have graduated, and they're on the Enterprise, which is considered to be the flagship mm-hmm. of the Enterprise. Not everybody there is cream of the crop. Uh, they're, they're they're pretty cool, but you know, not not everyone on the ship can be that. So. Fucking Barkley got into the academy. Oh, ouch! How like that? To me, that kind of sets the bar really low. I, I think he must have had an, a relative in the academy, or maybe he's <laughs> who knows. Did, a high up, I guess we you know, uncle or something. I guess it's not fair of us to talk about Barkley right now, considering he won't appear for like a couple more seasons. That's true. But he's coming. Couple of years, maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe what's really going on is we were told that all of these people were particularly young. Maybe there, maybe there's a, a minimum age at which you can be admitted, but it's unusual to be let in at that age. Maybe the restrictions, the enrollment figures go way up. Maybe when you get to uh, they, eighteen they make... as opposed to sixteen or whatever. No, I, I don't know. Like I think my understanding was it seemed to be that sixteen was the minimum age because Wesley says, "Oh, I'll be I'll be sixteen next week." You yeah, know? but I think all the all of those people, all of the kids there were supposed to be young. Yeah, was do you think Mordock was? Because I got the impression that Mordock was was not. You know, like oh, they he's, they talk about Mordock like the Mordock. He's like an international student though. Like, oh, okay. You know, who knows? So, yeah, they mature faster. Than, well, either that or they're just like you know he might have, he might already have two degrees before he's yeah, going yeah. off to the academy. You know, who knows? But yeah, um, getting into the academy is weird. The tests they have to take are bizarre, and I don't really understand what they even mean. Well, all we see are them messing around on a computer screen. For yeah, a yeah. Bit. It's like, and, here, look at these dots. Make these dots fit in these dots by magic. No, by, by aptitude and oh. intelligence. No, who knows? I have no <laughs> idea what they were doing. The, the tests looked very arbitrary and nonsensical. There is like There are like standardized tests that involve... Um, like perception of 3D space, mm-hmm. like you know, here's a shape, and you know they'll give you a 3D shape, and they'll say like, here, like mm-hmm. find the shape that would fit into this one, yeah, to or, make it know, into a, a square or something like that. So like maybe they were doing some sort of what we were seeing was some sort of variation on that. Could be maybe they're just so good at it in the future that you know what we consider advanced is like baby shit to them. Well, maybe that skill has much more use in that times they would train it mm-hmm. a lot more. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Meanwhile, aboard the Enterprise Conspiracy. is... Conspiracy! Remick. Oh, yeah. Remick. He is in exactly two episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. And amongst Trekkies, he is probably one of the most hated characters on Star Trek The Next Generation. You said that while we were watching it. I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I guess I don't... I don't know these Trekkies. Are, are you are you talking to people? Like, do you have, do you have, do you guys have a really? A, a never, mailing you've group never or been something? among. You, do you have a web I, ring or something? No, uh, you just if you mention Remick amongst any Trekkie, Trekkies are always just like, oh, I Remick. hate that guy. Really? Yeah, oh, I got. I don't you, know. You, I, I you, feel out of touch. You knew to hate Remick. Oh, I I don't like him myself, but I didn't realize that was a, a popularly held. I think it's opinion. fairly universal. I have never met a Trekkie that likes Remick. I just got to compare notes with more people, I guess. I guess so. Okay. No, uh, it, it's impressive, really, that uh, that Remick holds the uh, the disdain of so many Trekkies, considering he's only in two episodes. You know. Oh, and we went and checked. By the way, he this is he is not um, George George Frankly from Square One TV. 
Mathnet. Yeah. Hey yeah. guys, do you remember Square One TV on PBS? If so, you're probably old like us. Very old. You know what I loved about Square One TV? The only reason that I really watched it? Math Man? Yeah, of course. Damn right. Math Man. 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 As he goes around his... What is he? He's like a football helmet. With legs. With legs. Running around a a, uh, maze. Chased by a little little hurricane. Yeah. Yeah. God, what was the hurricane's name? Mr. Zilch. Mr. Zilch. I think. But yeah, uh, maybe... I think it was Mr. Zilch. It's not Kate Monday. That's no, somebody no. else. I, maybe it was Mr. Glitch. Mr. Glitch. You're right. It was Mr. Glitch. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they... Uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He just walked around solving math puzzles. And he got too many wrong, Mr. Glitch would get him. I think he got one wrong. Mr. Glitch would kill him. Yeah. Well, and I, it was different every time. Because sometimes he would win the game and sometimes he would lose the game. Yep, for sure. I was always really excited to watch Math Man. Because it was really easy to entertain me as a child, apparently. I, everybody liked math, I think. I guess. All the, I mean, I, I might not talk to a lot of Trekkies about... Uh, but you do talk to a lot of Square One fans. I do, yeah. Yeah. I never really liked Math Man, I'll tell you. Yeah, that. Math Man was great. And, uh, More than they like Ramek, anyway. Who's that, the magician that was on that? Like, Harry Blackstone Jr. or something? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Star Trek. Uh, yeah, yeah. What <laughs> uh, show is that? Remick, who bears a striking resemblance to George, George Frankly. Frankly of Mathnet fame. Uh, he's a real douche. and um, He is. He's a... Admiral Quinn tells him everyone has, has he has complete authority or autonomy yeah, to do his work on the ship. And he basically... Remick kind of stands there and clearly has a power boner. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. So then he just goes around and acts like a douche to everybody. Mm-hmm. And Riker, like, douches right back at him. He does. Gives him some extra sass. He, uh... Remick insists on interviewing uh, Riker in Picard's ready room. So Riker comes in. He, like, puffs his chest out. He's like, I don't want to sit down. Remick's like, well... Fine, you don't have to sit down, but that's not going to change how long this uh, interview's going to be. And then Riker's like, okay, All right, then. sit down. No, and, and then he... swings his leg over that chair. Oh, in yeah. The classic Riker maneuver. It was great. Drops down and immediately elbows on the table. Yeah, and leaning forward. That that chair and that desk really look too small for him. Like yeah, the the uh, the furniture in next gen is kind of weird. Like the uh, yeah the chairs and the and it does the seem like it was lounge. it does seem like everything was fashioned for people like tiny people like mm-hmm. P- Picard size at most. So then like the like Breaker and Worf in particular just like just don't fit. Yeah. Yeah, they're too big. They're too yeah. big for Star Trek. They are. It's a ship of tiny people. <laughs> well, you know, they they say that uh, being smaller is advantageous for things like, you know, space flight or uh, aircrafts. Like, be, mean, because... You need less food? Uh, no, well, no, it's, it's all... Uh, with, like, fighter pilots, it's all about circulation. Your blood doesn't have to... Uh, your heart doesn't have to pump your blood as far... To okay. your extremities, if you're short, then as opposed to if you're tall. Like if you're six okay. feet tall, 
and you're in a jet and you're pulling some major G's, your heart has to work a lot harder to get blood out to your extremities under those circumstances. But but in the, on the Enterprise, they're not even weightless. Like yeah, they, yeah. They've got a really I'm just wondering if maybe before inertial dampeners and stuff, oh, this was a evolutionary trait that the, that the human race started to take on and then... Oh, interesting. And then it was a then evolution kind of abandoned it when uh, when we no longer had to worry about G forces. So you're thinking like the net trend over the last couple hundred years is people have more or less been getting larger. Mm. I mean, I think the main the popular theory is basically just due to better nutrition and things. Mm-hmm. So, but do you think maybe there'll be like a reverse trend in the future? Maybe. I think that would really have to. Uh, yeah, maybe. My, what I imagine is going to happen is that the world will start spinning faster. And, oh, yeah, okay. Sure. And, and like, because, like, remember, like, when they made that dam in China and it slowed the world down by, like, a, <laughs> a, like, a, like 0.04 of a microsecond or something in the Earth's rotation. Come on, China. <laughs> yeah, so what they're going to do is eventually someone's going to blow up that dam and it's going to speed us right up and we're all going to be, like, clinging to the surface of the planet. Mm, okay. I can see that happening. Can you? Uh, maybe. No. Maybe. Science! Um, so anyway, yeah, Remick is on board and is bullying everybody around. More or less, he appears to be looking for signs of misconduct. Yeah, or... I, I think the, the notion is that... Uh, the idea is that there, he's supposed to be looking for something wrong on the Enterprise. You know, like, he's, yeah. he's looking for instances of wrongdoing, of... Uh, you know, like, for instance, Picard not being able to control the ship or the falsification of logs or, you know... General malfeasance. Yeah, you know, bad stuff, basically. And, uh, yeah. So that's what that's what Remick's looking for. And in order to do that, he basically needs to piss off every member of the crew. That's his style. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's how Remick rolls. That's how Remick gets to the root of problems. Mm-hmm. He pisses you the fuck off. And then tattles on you. Yeah. Hey, yeah. come into this room. Sit down. Let me say things that will infuriate you for ten minutes. And, you know, let me, like, willfully disregard things that you say until they fit what I want them to be. He's a real button pusher. He really is. He's, yeah. a, he's a dick burger. Yes. So, I mean, all of this more or less leads to... Nothing. nothing. Like he reports back to the admiral. Yeah, he reports back to the admiral. Oh, yeah. Turns out nothing's wrong. Everything's great. This ship is awesome. And dear Captain Picard, I would like to serve here when my tour with the Inspector General's office is up. I guess and the look on Picard's <laughs> face when that happens is just like, yeah, you're never coming back on my ship again. Yeah, everyone hates you. Oh, man. It's like, you burned all of your bridges before you even crossed them, my friend. <laughs> no. But the Admiral uh, Gregory Quinn... The mighty Quinn. Uh, ...is summarily impressed. And uh, he more or less says, okay, I guess, Picard, I know that uh, Jean-Luc... Jean-Luc. I needed to know that you were really you. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's getting paranoid, you see, and he sees conspiracies everywhere, or so he says, and he's concerned that there's something going on in Starfleet and he needs to make sure that there are people he can trust Mm. in key positions and specifically this leads to him saying that what he wants is for Picard to take the rank of Admiral and take over as Commandant of Starfleet Academy which is the only way that Wesley's getting in and in yet another uh, example of Picard orchestrating the ruin of Wesley's life he turns it down yes 
Slowly but surely, the <laughs> screws are turning. <laughs> yeah, Picard will not be going to Starfleet Academy and will not be coming, becoming, be becoming an admiral anytime soon. It's true. However, he puts on his dress uniform. Which is very nice and swishy. Yeah. And, um, and gives, uh, gives Wesley a pep talk when Wesley has returned to the ship oh, after having failed. But in, let's jump back ruin. a minute. Yeah, we, we, we skip right by that. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to Wesley's de- ruination. Yeah, Wes- Wesley's down the planet. He's doing all these tests and stuff. Yep. He has that altercation with that uh, webbed-fingered dude. That was so weird. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, Wesley realizes that this alien is from this race that hates civility, basically. Uh, so when he bumps into him and Wesley apologizes it infuriates this alien and so Wesley has to get all up in his grill yeah and uh, watching Wesley try to be a tough guy that is funny it was rad I liked it so Wesley's psych test um, the psych test is kind of I, I would say it's like the mini Kobayashi Maru yeah, I think like, it's supposed to be reminiscent yeah, clear, of that clearly they were going for that vibe it's a, it's a test you have to take that the idea is that it uh, pits you against your greatest fear. And Wesley's kind of freaked out about it because he doesn't know what his greatest fear is. And he talks to Worf about it. His good pal, Worf. 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 It's weird in the series. Like, in season one, they really seem to, like, every so often try to push the idea that Worf and Wesley have some kind of bond. Yeah, why not? Worf's awesome. I know Worf's awesome, but they don't really do a very good job of it. They just throw it in there sometimes, like, randomly. Like, when Wesley rushed to Worf's aid in that Q episode and got stabbed through the chest. Like, oh no, my good friend Worf! I'm dead! I I think that was just he was horrified to see anybody on the crew dead. If that had been, like, I don't know... Tashiari would have been upset too. Yeah, yeah. It just, it just, or whoever. Seemed, it, it seemed weird when that happened. And so, once again, here, there's uh, Worf giving Wesley, you know, his, uh, his big brotherly advice. Yeah. You know, and that is sort of, I think that it does sort of have to be his role amongst all the different people on the ship. Like, I mean, like the, the dynamic between the two honestly reminds me of. Nelson Muntz and Martin Prince in that episode <laughs> of The Simpsons where they go to uh, when they get paired up as a team when they go to Shelbyville to rescue the lemon tree. Heart to the tail of Nelson? Yeah, yeah. Heart to the tail of Wesley and the wharf he loved so dear. They remained the best of friends for years and years and years. And, and I they, don't normally hang out with him. And they did. They did remain friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wesley was at a wharf's wedding. Yeah, it was Riker's wedding. Oh, so, oh wait, that's right. Was it? <laughs> that's a Riker thought. Oh, yeah, that was Riker's wedding. Riker was waiting for um, the right time, because you see, when Beta Z women reach middle age, their sex drive quadruples. Okay. Like we find out in season two, when Loxana Troy comes to the Enterprise to try to marry Picard. That's true. You know, so that's why Riker has been waiting all of this time. He was just waiting. He's like, yeah. "Oh, I'm not gonna like saddle myself to uh, Deanna Troy when she's just got a regular sex drive. Yeah. I'm waiting for things to like really step into overdrive before yeah. I get on board." He's got to play the field up until then. It's pretty much what mm-hmm. he does. I think he's just preparing himself, you know. He's, <laughs> he's, it's training. He, it's like training for a marathon. He's conditioning himself. 
So all of that was just selfless. Uh, yeah. Wow, I, how romantic. <laughs> Good on you, Riker, you know. You know what, though? Think about this further. Wesley was not at Worf's wedding, which we see in DS9 when he gets married to, uh, oh, spoiler, Gen yeah, Z Dax. Gen Z Dax. Uh, yeah, Wesley's nowhere to be seen. So I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's, he's, yeah, he doesn't really like Worf. I think it's the other way around. I think Worf doesn't really like Wesley. Oh, well, I think Wes. I think the idea is that they're both orphans, and Wesley wants to have like this kind of you know bond with Worf, and Worf wants nothing to do with it. There's another episode in season two. Yeah, uh, it's like Worf. It's like basically Worf's birthday party. It's Worf's ascension. Like it's the anniversary of his rites of ascension. So he's kind of surly because it's a. It's a thing for Klingons, but he's got, he feels old, you but, know. But precocious young Wesley figures it out and sets right. up everything, and then John Tesh gets to stab Worf with a pain stick. And, oh, so good! Oh man, John Tesh makes a weird-looking Klingon. He, he makes a weird-looking human. Let's yeah, face yeah. it; <laughs> he's got that huge forehead. But yeah, um, I think that's the idea: is that you know they're both orphans, so they have this special bond, but not really. Yeah, only in Wesley's head. What about John Tesh's head? Oh, I don't know what John Tesh thinks about it. Uh, I guess I meant on his head. Mm. Um, uh, that huge. wispy locks of blonde hair. Yeah. Oh, you're... Okay, yes. Um, <laughs> where were we? We are talking about Wesley? Yeah, yeah. The psych test. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, so he faces... So he's sitting in this room, and uh, all of a sudden he hears an explosion outside. Um, he, he goes to investigate Scooby-Doo style. Yep. And, and what does he find? He finds deserted hallways. Yeah, like, oh gosh. Where'd I, everybody go? How strange. But I guess I'll go investigate anyways. And he finds a room where shit's going down, and like there's a guy. This is a failure in the environmental room. Yeah, yeah, and so environmental one, controls room. One guy is clinging to to a pole, and he's scared shitless. And yep. another guy has apparently injured his legs, and you know Wesley has to get them out of there because the room's going to seal, and they'll all be killed. Mm-hmm. So Wesley pulls the guy who can't move out, and keeps yelling at the pussy who's like hanging onto the. Uh, he's paralyzed with fear. Yeah, yeah. Trying um, to tell the guy to help, you know, come out and save himself. And, and he goes like, "I can't do it. It's too scary." And then the doors close on him. Perfect impersonation. That was yeah. I thought well, that was a was that not a sample from the show? No, no. I I did that with my own voice. That's incredible. I know. Um, and yeah, so Wesley gets the guy out. The door the, seals and dooming the guy seemingly to yeah. his death. And uh, and that's it. That was the psych test. The whole thing was because. Wesley was afraid that he might not... His biggest fear was having to make a life-or-death decision because mm-hmm. apparently, you know, someone made that decision, specifically Captain Picard made that decision on a mission once and Wesley's father died. So Wesley has always had a deep-rooted fear that he would not be able to make a similar decision if the uh, circumstances called for it. But clearly he can. Hooray for Wesley. Good on you, Wes. You yeah. still fail. You still fail. Way to save this dude's life, not good enough. Not good enough. We're taking Mordok instead. Because his test scores were slightly better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's partly because Wesley stopped in the middle of his test to help Mordok, who then finished the test in almost record time. Hmm. Well, sucks to be you, Wes. It does, because he comes back to the ship and he's like, Captain, I failed. Oh, but, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, you know, and, and Picard tries to build Wesley up so that his future failures will be all the more crushing. Yes. As is Picard's diabolical want. It's a secret mission in life. I know. I, well, I mean, we discovered that last episode, wasn't it? Or was it the episode? It was before? recently, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that we discovered that 
Picard is the architect of Wesley's misery. And what was the main reason? It was it was all because he went onto the bridge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In defiance of Picard's anti-child, he brought order. that little girl onto the bridge. That's what it was. He made Picard <laughs> hug that little girl. Yeah. He will never <laughs> forgive him for it. Never ever. Why do you think Picard hates kids so much? Um, I, did, we never really get an answer to this. No, we don't. I. It's hard to say. Um, maybe it's just because they're small and annoying. It's good enough reason. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. a lot of people that don't like kids. Oh, yeah. But I, I guess I meant, like, was there some oh, triggering yeah, event in his life? I mean, given that he's got this, this children, cabal against Wesley as a result children of Children always encounter. make fun of his hair. Oh, maybe. And he's very sensitive about it. He's jealous even of babies? Yes. And they've got, like, downy hair on the top yeah, of their head. Like, fuck you guys. Still more than me. Fuck. Oh, it's so angry. That might be it. Maybe, I think you're right. They're just annoying. So, um, yeah. Um... That's pretty much it. Uh, well, no, one really, really critical thing. Wesley's failure, that scene where Picard comes in in his dress uniform <laughs> into, ten, into the observation lounge, yeah. finds Wesley all alone, looking glum. The first thing he says to him is, Ensign, why are you not in your dress uniform? Right. This is a really, really important moment because Wesley's standing there in his rainbow-colored acting Ensign sweater. Yeah, yeah. The implication being that while Picard and everybody else have dressed uniform equivalents of their uniforms with the gold piping yeah. and then the knee-length less for, uh, dress knee-length knee dress material. Yeah. There must be an equivalent Wesley Crusher acting ensign rainbow sweater dress uniform. Oh, I hope it has a cape. It, a cape? A rainbow cape. Whoa. That, that would be amazing, but it could. Why not? Yes. Maybe there's a rainbow sash. Because oh, he wouldn't man. get gold piping. Like, no, I don't no, think he no. need gold piping. Like a, How would you make it more fancy? I don't know. Uh, bare midriff. <laughs> Maybe the waist is even higher. Because I'm in the rib cage yeah, level. Yeah. Uh, How would you make it more bell ceremonial bottoms. and grand? Yeah, well, they've got that like split thing going on. Yeah, at the I, I'm anyway. thinking like super bell bottoms. So like ba- basically... Like split at the knee? <laughs> yeah, like, like almost like he's wearing like a ballroom gown at his knee. <laughs> Down to down to his shoe, like like uh, like it just yes. balloons out from there, like it's yes. huge. Yeah, I mean the the regular dress uniforms are ridiculous looking enough. I think the junior ones have to be even sillier. Yeah, yeah. I have to I have to give that some thought. Maybe I'll maybe I'll draw that. Could up. you mock something up for us? Yeah, yeah. Be, I totally I, would, I totally can. I would really. Appreciate I've got other that. things that I got to draw too. Like there are episodes that we have recorded but have yet to release. Yep. Where I have promised to draw things. There's pretty much I'm I'm pretty much trying to issue a drawing challenge in every single episode. Oh, you fucker! Um, and I'd prefer some ones from uh, some user suggestions. Yeah, yeah, fan the, suggestions. Because we've listening? got those listener. Yeah, we got we got fans <laughs> listeners. Is that a better term? I don't think I'm not sure that we have any of those. Like I, my sisters listen to like at least three episodes. Hi, Jane. Yeah, How's shout it going? out. What up? How's uh, Jafar, the cat? Yeah. He's good. I love that cat. Oh, he's, he's awesome. A great cat. I know. He's so big. He's huge. He's kind of po- roly-poly. He's a little bit like Spot, but much yeah, larger. Yeah, no, I really like... Jane, I really like your cat. Oh, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, Wesley's dress and acting as uniform is an important point. Okay. Well, I will uh, uh, 
I will do my best to come up with a satisfactory uh, design for the dress acting ensign. See that you do. I will. This was also other minutia, I suppose. This episode was nominated for an Emmy for Mordok's makeup? We assume it was well, Mordok's makeup. Outstanding it was, makeup in a TV yeah, series. Yeah, and Mordok's is the only interesting makeup in the episode, so presumably it's his, or maybe they're just really impressed with how punchable Remick's face looked. Could be. It did look weird. Yeah. It looked like he had like, wind burns or something on his face. That was odd. <laughs> um, he's a weird-looking dude. Yeah. This episode had, like... Way above norm, way above normal appearances by uh, the redhead. Oh yeah, the uh, the redhead was all over this episode. We see her like right at the beginning. Uh, yeah, Wesley has to pass her. Yeah, she's. Uh, I was wondering like maybe maybe it was her birthday or something because oh, yeah. like she's got like way more screen time in this one than normal. Yeah, it's um, it's impressive. Yeah, she's in I don't know a few scenes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that uh, that that the the black security guard is also. Yeah, he's in there too. In, in the background, just being tall and goofy looking. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a kind face. Yeah, yeah. I like him. If I were getting arrested in the Enterprise, I'd want to be yeah, by yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. He seems like a he seems like a good dude. Like he seems like the kind of cop that like understands mm-hmm. the shit that you're going through. He's still going to bust you, yeah. but you know he understands. Like he doesn't he doesn't think you're a bad person. He's just going to put you in the brig anyways. So if you were doing if you were up to some bad shit on the Enterprise, would you rather get busted? I mean, obviously you'd pick him, but if you, if you had to choose between Worf and Yar, who would you want to get arrested by? Me personally, yeah, I totally want to get manhandled by Yar. I just say manhandle. I said like getting. What what if it's something really embarrassing in a public place? Like let's say you're I don't know you're urinating in the corner of Ten Forward. Still Yar. Yar. Yeah. Okay. I'll take Yar over Worf any day. All right. Worf would be. Yeah, it's not mer- really fair. Worf would be merciless with me. You know. I'd throw you out an airlock. I've got a big crush on Yar, so anything that she, anything she wants to do to me is fine. Like, okay. you know, if she she takes me away to jail, I'll be like, okay, I'll go with you. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. So get it hosed down. So yeah. I don't know the drunk tank. <laughs> like, the synthahol drunk tank. I hit me with some delousing stuff. Yep. Boom. Yar didn't have a lot to do in this episode. Nope. Uh, in fact, did she even have a line? Oh yeah, yeah. She had a couple of lines during the uh, the shuttle incident. That's about. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, we didn't talk about the shuttle incident. Oh yeah, at the beginning of this episode, Wesley has a chat with apparently his young uh, another friend of his on the Enterprise who looks like basically a bargain basement Jonathan Brandis. Yeah, and the the gist of it is that this kid didn't make the cut for. Uh, for going the, the to the academy's sp- entrance exam exactly yeah. so he doesn't get to go down and test and he's way ashamed you know like he doesn't want to face his father because he, he didn't uh, make the cut for the test and it's like dad i'm sorry i failed my uh, audition for sequest dsv i'm sorry so he uh, a little later in the episode steals a shuttle to go basically join the merchant marines is Oh yeah, he, he's gonna go sign on with like a cargo freighter or something. That's so dumb. It is dumb. He he. So he hijacks a Type Seven shuttle. My favorite first appearance of the model on the show, supposedly in this episode. Yeah, that's what every Alpha says anyway. Oh wow, because I mean it's in a bunch of episodes before this one. But uh, yeah, maybe those guys are out to lunch. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and. Uh, of course, shit goes wrong. He's going to crash, but Picard saves the day by being, you know, brilliant. Yep. And, yeah, that's really all there is to that. But then we see him again. Yeah, and Picard makes him feel better and then makes him feel worse. 
He's just practicing for when he's going to do that to Wesley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's sharpening his skills. Yep. You know, like, I'm really sorry. It's like, you kept your wits out there about you. You know, remember that. You know, don't feel so bad about yourself. At least you kept your head about you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, thanks for saving my life. That's my job. That's my job. Your job is to make me a sandwich. You worthless piece of crap. Yeah. Have fun at McDonald's. <laughs> I hear they're hiring. Do, 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 do. Um... How would you rate this episode? This episode? It's so hard to rate the first season episodes because they're all so bad. Like, yeah. You know, like, I don't want to give every single episode, like, an ensign or a chief or, you We know. haven't been, have we? No, but uh, we give out ensigns a lot. There are a lot of ensign-worthy episodes in this season. There are. And this episode, you know, I'll, I'll give it a... Uh, I'm giving it an ensign, oh. just like I said. I'll go junior, junior lieutenant. Your lieutenant junior grade for you. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a. Uh, it's the that's the most I can do. It's the best I can do. Yeah. I well, I was toying with it. Like I thought about it, and I was just like, no, this episode sucks. There's uh it's boring. Look, if season one were uh, hopeful for Starfleet Academy, they would not have made the cut. Yeah, if season one were hopeful for Starfleet Academy, it would have stolen a shuttle yeah. and then died. Yeah. <laughs> Picard would not have bothered to save it. Yeah, and they're like, nope, fuck you, you're gone. No, but I mean, that's this is the beautiful Order thing about Star shuttle. Trek. This is the beautiful thing about Star Trek. It does improve, and the groundwork for the whole universe has to be laid somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like this episode kind of features a the, the prelude to the season finale or the episode the, before the, the season the penultimate finale. Episode. Right. This whole conspiracy. Oh, spoiler alert. The, yeah, yeah. The conspiracy that. Admiral Quinn is referring to really is real. Yeah, and it's by these alien bugs that are infiltrating Starfleet and basically taking over people's bodies. Yeah. And it was it was a cool plot line and I was really disappointed that nothing ever came of it. But well, we'll talk about that more when we watch that episode. Exactly, cuz that episode is also infamous for being the goriest episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, yeah. Or, really, the goriest episode of any episode of Star Trek ever. Like, you wouldn't believe how many, like, testicular ruptures there are going on in that one. It's uh, insane. It is a gross episode. I remember watching that episode for the first time at Andrew McVie's house. Whoa! How did... Oh, did his his mom didn't see this? No, no. She was, like, like, in the kitchen. She wasn't looking. You would have been thrown out of the house. I I know. Uh, It was... uh, it was amazing, but yeah, like Andrew and I watched her, it was just like, holy crap. Damn. That just happened. I often like to think, you know, in general pursuits in life, right, you know, job or puzzle games or things, you know, if you do well enough, it's a bit like The Last Starfighter, like maybe maybe we'll get recruited yeah. into Starfleet Academy. If I just show enough aptitude, mm-hmm. they'll come and get me. Reading Starfighter. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Sewer and the Kodan Armada. Get ready? Prepare for blast mm, I know. I, I've the last starfighter basically ruined my life because I've just spent my entire life hoping that I'll be good enough at one thing that somebody out there will just come and present me with. Yes, opportunity. Here, you really were born to do this. Yes, here you go. Finally, oh, someone recognizes your skills at bejeweled or yeah. whatever. It's solitaire. <laughs> we should watch the last starfighter. Uh, right, the last Starfighter is great. That's okay. It's awesome. I Will Wheaton's in it. Yeah, his scenes got cut. Yeah, it does have the Conan Empire. 
It does. I feel like The Last Starfighter deserves either a reboot or a sequel. It's never going to happen. Shut up. It could happen. I, yeah. I, I wrote a uh, like a story treatment for a sequel. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Takes place like you know twenty some odd years later with a a battle weary Alex Rogan and oh, okay you know after he's rebuilt the Star League I called it Star League Legion because oh. you know that was the whole thing at the end of Last Starfighter was that he had to rebuild the Starfighter Legion he never he never bothered he just went back to Earth no he went back to Earth to get his girl and then and then he left with her How out of have, space yeah how long do you think they were gone mm-hmm. like six months tops. <laughs> No. They got they got sick of being out there with the music man and it turns out Alex Rogan, the thing he really liked I mean it was it was cool flying the spaceship, but what he really liked was playing that video game. <laughs> He's like, I just want to go back to that guy's yeah, t- t- it turns out he just likes the video game. Yeah. Being a Starfighter, not so much. The video game was rad though. Totally. I loved that video game. It looked pretty fun. It did. It looked super rad. And yeah, to this day, like I mean, somebody out there has made an emulator, like an like has made it oh really yeah yeah oh sorry um, for that but uh yeah i'm i'm curious about like because the, the controls were really unique for that game i don't remember it at all did it have a like, weird like flight yoke or something or? yeah yeah well it, ha- it had two like it had like one that was like uh, i think a throttle but also like a uh, oh okay a, a launcher and another that uh it's hard to explain i'm not sure because i think i think it was actually kind of semi on rails because you're as a starfighter you're not piloting the ship the navigator is piloting you're just doing the, the shooting ship. right yeah exactly yeah. you're just doing the shooting i'm gonna cut so much of this discussion <laughs> from the when we edit this no way you leave it in okay this is all gold uh well, i guess it depends on who's editing this episode oh, shit that's true <laughs> i might leave this stuff in i might yeah, not you might. any more star trek insights you want to add in oh um do you think do you think the starfleet has ever encountered the codan empire I don't think so. I think they were destroyed by Alex Rogan. Mm. Long before no, no, the Zer rise got of... away. Zer, yeah, but this is like 400 years before... This is 400 years after him. Do you think he's mm. particularly long-lived? Well, that's fair. I don't know. What about the thing where, like, the co- the, the poster for... The, or the cover for the movie box of that always had, like, a spaceship, which was Zer's scepter? Yeah, yeah, they threw Zer's scepter it's on so there. So weird. Which didn't make any sense Well, they made because... it look like it was a ship. Yeah, they did. And it made no sense because... The last Starfighter already has one of the coolest spaceships in the history of film, the Gunstar, and they don't feature it on the cover of that movie. No, they put the scepter on the cover. You know, like set. what? Like why would you? Why would you skip the Gunstar in favor of the scepter? I don't. That know. That doesn't make any sense. Laziness on part yeah. of the poster maker, I think. Yeah. You want to talk about Starfleet Academy at all? Yeah, sure. So, after this episode, they kind of, like, take a step back and go, gosh, you know, this doesn't make any sense at all, just getting a single recruit. No, that didn't make sense. That, that's dumb. No, we... So, they revamped Starfleet Academy and made it much more like university, you know? Like, here's your entrance exam, you pass it, you're in. How big do you think their class, the class is every year that's admitted to Starfleet Academy? I don't know. I mean... It doesn't seem like it's some massive, massive institution, but you no. think Starfleet itself is a huge organization, and you're also drawing from a body of mm. candidates that's absolutely staggeringly enormous. Yeah, and yet somehow like, it's almost entirely Terrans. They're like, oh, you're the first Benzite in Starfleet. Really? Oh, it's just an incredibly racist organization. Apparently. It's all, yeah, we've had like one Klingon ever. Yeah, the only Klingon in Starfleet. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. It's hard to say, but 
it does seem like I mean I wonder if Troy is the first Beta Z in Starfleet. I mean, I don't know what the the ratio of people would be like, but let, let's say like how many can the can the the first year class in Star in Starfleet Academy be more than like a thousand people? It sure doesn't seem like it is. I don't know, um, but th- that's very very small. Like consider the idea of like Earth having one university, yeah. so everyone that wants to go to school is competing for spots. Well, I mean, that's, that's vaguely what the, it would actually the ratio for Starfleet Academy would be even more. Yeah, well, I mean, that, the, thing, the thing is that Starfleet, like, I mean, while I was comparing it to a university, I was just talking about, like, admission policy. Uh, it's not yeah. really like a university. It's more like a... Uh, I just mean, like, in terms of the number of people who would want to go versus mm-hmm. the number of spots available. I mean, like, the, the, the Federation of Planets, there's all of these candidate planets with the huge populations, mm-hmm. and the only place you seem to be able to go and get in Starfleet is in San Francisco <laughs> so how many possible spots are there like the the number of candidates must be just staggering versus the number of spots that are available yeah so I mean maybe it is like what we saw I mean I think that must have been their idea originally where like they're gonna throw out three brilliant candidates yeah and only take one of them because that's just how tough it is to get in and yet like you say like Barkley gets in and yeah I, I think know, they had a rethink else. of that but yeah I don't, I don't know I guess they're I guess it depends on how many people actually even want to be in Starfleet as opposed to oh. doing their own shit. Well, that was actually going to be another thing I wanted to mention was this is one thing I think like this is one area I would be critical of Star Trek in general for like in and not just now but like in not just in like season 1 but later on like all the time we see people like oh this scientist is the the top in their field and they happen to work for Starfleet Medical or they happen to work for Starfleet's research team in whatever this subject is. It's yep. like well, again, like, why would the leading mind in whatever this field and be in Starfleet at all? Why wouldn't they focus on their actual yeah, discipline? Like, yeah, or pure research or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, is it just that Starfleet has access to resources that no one else has? Some, that that probably say. is true for some things, but yeah, not for like, everything. Is it, like, do all doctors work for Starfleet, or do they... I wouldn't think so. Like, are there doctors... I wouldn't even like, think the best doctors work for Starfleet, necessarily. But apparently they do. Like, Kate Pulaski is the greatest yeah. doctor for... Julian Bashir. Yeah. Yeah, which doesn't make a lot of sense. New. I mean, again, again, just unless, like, the only way to see cool shit is to be in Starfleet. So maybe that's maybe that's Maybe. You know, exotic space diseases... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I could stay on Earth and do boring medicine, or I could be out in space doing wicked medicine. Everybody wants to do space medicine. Yeah, space medicine. I guess so. Everybody wants to do, be a space chef. Actually, nobody wants to be a space chef, because they've got replicators. We're getting pretty close to the end of season one now. It's within sight. It's within striking it distance. I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. Like I think there's only like maybe six or seven more episodes to go. Wow. Because like I think there are only twenty four episodes per season, mm-hmm. and we're yeah, this is six this, more. Yeah, because this is technically episode nineteen because you know numbering. Fucking, yeah, with that weird numbering system, because for some reason the pilot is considered two episodes. We I've talk heard? about this every time we do the show. Do we? <laughs> yeah, uh, which is fine. But yeah, I can't believe that season one's almost over. Yeah, and you know what that means? Celebration? No, we're drawing ever closer to Pulaski. I'm fine with that. I'm not. But then, like, I'm... In addition to you and I, you know, I'm, I'm also watching Next Gen with my with oh, yes. five other group of friends. and we That's are, right. You're two-timing on me. Yeah, that's right. And I'm all, we're almost through season two right now, and I am mighty sick of Pulaski. Like, holy shit. I, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about your... your you're going to hear about it I don't want to hear about your foibles with, with other people. You are going Wait, to... Star Trek with other people. I don't want to hear about it. 
I don't care about Pulaski. I'm sorry, baby. Are you jealous? I don't want to talk about it. Gosh. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Someone went mini golfing today without me. Didn't even ask if I wanted to come. I went straight from work. Oh, well, I guess that makes it okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's quite all right. Whatever. Mini golf was one time. This this Star Trek thing, this is like, what, 46 <laughs> episodes at least. Oh, uh, yeah. I know. Anyway. Not that I'm bitter. No, certainly not. So we're drawing closer to Pulaski. That's true. But the other mm-hmm. thing it means is we're drawing ever closer to the beard. Oh, yeah. The beard is coming very soon. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And you know what happens with the beard in, um, in season two? The, the, the gray the gray NC uniform? Well, there is that. And interesting thing to note about that uniform is uh, not only is the uniform all gray, yeah. but so is his communicator badge. I was wondering about that. What was with that? I don't know. He doesn't get the gold communicator badge. He just it's silver. Oh, like ensigns don't deserve it. Yeah, apparently. acting ensigns anyway. Apparently not. But no, what I'm talking about is Data's beard. Oh, right. <laughs> because once uh, Riker gets a beard, Data gets it into his mind that oh, I should have a beard a, too. A, a distinguished beard. I should uh, I should try one of those. And uh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we'll post pictures of that with that episode because it's. I like the later seasons when Jordy flirts with the beard, like Jordy multiple does times. It twice. Is it just twice? That I'm aware of. There might be more, but I can only think of two instances where Jordy had a beard. Well, we'll be on Jordy Beard Watch. Yeah, starting soon. And woof, that beard. Yeah. No, I can't take Jordy with a beard. Just like I can't take Jordy without his visor. I <laughs> think. <laughs> Jordy, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was just two beards. Like, there were more than two beards for Jordy. Like, first of all, he tried to go out with Leia Brahms. Yeah. And then he... He grew his playoff beard when that didn't work out. Uh, I was making a joke about her being his beard. Oh, I get it. Because because Jordy and Data are a Yeah, couple. exactly. You know, it, and I, I honestly think that if this, if this series were made today, Jordy and Data probably would be a couple. Maybe. You know, they might have the balls to do that now. Couldn't do it back then, but the implication is mighty clear. And especially It, it, it if, really is not. It's just funny. No, no, <laughs> like seriously, watch it. Jordy and Data are often standing way too close to each other. What? And no one else is. No, keep right. an eye out for it because like I mean, you, you could come up with, you know, arguments like, you know, oh, you know, the blocking of the scene or whatever. But no, it's always Data and Jordy standing too close to each other and nobody else doing it. These sound like the insights of someone who's watched this Star Trek too many times and is just <laughs> looking for anything. I'm saying, I'm just telling you, like, we'll keep an eye right. out for it because All it's right. really funny. All right, fine. Subtext, baby. Oh, they're just good pals. They're okay? just good pals. Yeah. <laughs> They're just good friends who like to shower together. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with that? Nothing. You're like, why? Who else is gonna wash this back? Yeah, why don't you ever kiss me? Like, come on, we've been friends for God, like it's weird. Twenty years longer? It's not required. Longer, you know, don't make it weird. Uh, now it's weird. <laughs> now it's weird. God. All right. Well, join us next time. <laughs> join us next time when we'll uh, we'll do another episode of Star Trek. That show we watch sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us aboard the Diecast Enterprise. This is Pags. I'm Foley. <laughs> we'll see you next see you time. <laughs>